Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma, and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. You know, as we kind of get finished with fall, right, the Halloween Christmas candy is gone, and the trees are beginning to lose their leaves. Some of them have already turned. I think we've had our first frost. And uh, at our house, we've already started worrying about what to get the grandkids for Christmas. And, uh, and we're making plans for Thanksgiving, right? In fact, our, uh, our church-wide Thanksgiving is next, uh, next Sunday after church. I hope all of you come and come to church, stay after church, join us as we share a meal and fellowship together over in the, in the Family Life Center. Uh, there'll be no evening church next week, nor will there be any meal or activities the Wednesday before Thanksgiving <clears throat> as we uh, cancel church in celebration of Thanksgiving. <laughs> that does sound funny, doesn't it? But... Honestly, we do want opportunity for folks to be with family and friends and however you, you celebrate or spend your Thanksgiving holiday. Because the reality is that worship and thanksgiving and praise must not always be corporate. In fact, it's most important that it be personal. And, uh, but I just uh, want to encourage you as you uh, make those plans to truly make it a time of, of thanksgiving. You know, as, as we begin to think about thanksgiving, I want to preach to you today. I told you already a little bit about uh, thanksgiving and praise. You know, the, the Hebrew word, I'm going to be in Psalm 100 when I get there, but the, the Hebrew word for thanksgiving is the, is the word tadah, I, I think, for all I know of Hebrew. That's what it looks like. And it's used 32 times in the Old Testament. And six of those times, it is translated as a sacrifice of praise. And, and while it's meaning, the meaning of thanksgiving and the meaning of praise, I think, is, is fairly self-explanatory. One of the things that I read in some of my Bible study helps said that literally, properly, it means an extension of the hand. You know, and as I as I think about as I think about that, I, I my my mind went back to a lot of years ago when I was I don't know 15, 14, 15, 16 years old maybe. We had, a, uh, we had a youth minister in this church named Rick McKinney, Rick and Jane McKinney. Some of you may remember. Some of you old people probably were with me at some of this stuff. But we, on, on Friday nights, and I don't remember how long it lasted, but on Friday nights we would, we would used to meet together at somebody's house or in a field or I don't know where. I, and if I'm remembering this wrong, you guys can straighten me out after church, okay? This is best I can remember. But, 
but, uh, but it, was, it was the first time, I, I think it was the first time in my life that I had experienced worship in a way uh, of which, you know, the, in fact, youth minister today almost make fun of it, you know, the kumbaya kind of thing, right? I mean, in a circle and arms around each other or swaying or raising your hands or, you know, it's when we first started singing those choruses that you sang a million times, you know, and you almost made them up as you go. You know, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful, you know, and, and, and we sang like that and, and, I mean, and it had a, the, the worship and praise had some kind of an element of physicality kind of to it. And, uh, and, and, and I not, that, that wasn't part of what I had experienced in church up until that time. Uh, and I, I remember, in fact, specifically, I, I think I remember it this way. This is the way I remember it. It may not be actually be right. But I, I remember one Friday night when we were experiencing that. And, and I think, Kelly, I think we were at your house, out at your mom and dad's place out there. And because uh, people used to, you know, kind of volunteer to let us have this stuff at their house. And, and, uh, and, I, and I remember it was one of those times when, you know, I, I don't remember exactly a swaying or arms around or hands in the air or, or exactly what was going on, but, but I wasn't really participating. I was just quiet, sitting down. And I remember Rick came up to me, Rick McKinney, the youth minister at the time, came up to me and, uh, and he said, you know, are, is everything, everything okay? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. This is good. And he said, so you're just worshiping by being quiet and still. And I said, yeah, I, I, think, I think that's what I'm doing. And then I jumped forward 35 years. And now I am a youth minister uh, in a modern, more modern era, certainly than the 70s, right? Mid 70s. And uh, and I'm with and I'm with a group of students at a concert called Winter Jam. Now, many of you may not know what Winter Jam is, but Winter Jam is like a 4-hour concert, right? Where they have like 6 or 8 or 10 different bands and singers and preachers and and just all all kinds of music from rap stuff to rock and roll to to worship music all christian but all different venues of of stuff and and i'm there with a group of students and and uh and a band plays that i like and the kids like most people like and they begin worshiping hands raised singing and uh and 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 at that in those moments i entered into worship of praise and thanksgiving to god not only just worship but thanksgiving for what he's doing in the lives of these students and the lives of these thousands of people right that i'm with and then that band finishes and another group comes on and uh rock and roll Drums, heavy metal, um, not 
not my kind of worship music. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you, may, you probably heard it. When you heard it, you probably went like this. You know, that kind of, that kind of music. But as I'm, as I'm looking around, I see this group of 25 to 30-year-old somethings. They were young adults. They had little, little kids with them. They were sitting down three or four rows in front of me and over across the aisle. And as, and as I am doing this, they are doing this. And it struck me. Well, let me finish my story. And then when, when, that, when that band had finished, the, the person that was that leader of that band came out and preached and told of the grace of God in his life and the forgiveness of God in his life and the power of God in his life. And he shared the gospel with that group of thousands. You know what? All of a sudden, my idea of worship and praise and thanksgiving was forever changed. Because we never know how God is working in the lives of people to bring forth worship and praise and thanksgiving to himself. Most of you guys, probably a lot like me, or like I was at least, right? But I'm just telling you, God accepts all kinds of praise and worship and thanksgiving. And we're going to look at this morning Psalm chapter 100. Well, really, I guess before I get to that, worship and praise and thanksgiving has uh, my misunderstanding of it, like what I learned, I don't know, 15 years ago at that concert. Um is often misunderstood. You, you probably have sensed it in your own heart at some kind of event where things wasn't, you know, the music or the attitude or wasn't, wasn't exactly like what you thought. But, but you know, we, we, see a, we see a vivid picture of it in Scripture. In, uh, in 2 Samuel chapter uh, 6, I'll not ask you to turn there, but David is king. And, and the ark has been away from the city of David, Jerusalem, for a long time. And David wants it back. He wants the holy ark of the covenant of Yahweh God back where it should be. And so there's some mishaps that happen trying to get it. And a person dies for touching it. It was so holy. God said, don't ever touch it. It had rods through it to help people pick it up. And, and just touched it and he died. And, and it made David mad. David said, let's just leave it where it's at. We can't, we can't risk doing that anymore. But the Lord, Lord blessed that guy <laughs> whose house that ark 
was that? Until finally David's people came to him. He said, you know, king, this guy is experiencing unbelieving, unbelievable blessings of God because he holds, he's got the ark. He's got the presence of God in his possession. We got to get it. David said, okay, so they went and got it. And the Bible says that every six steps, David would stop and offer sacrifices to the Lord. Worship the Lord. And in fact, it says that David, when King David had brought the holy ark of God, the ark of covenant to bring it to Jerusalem, on the way they sacrificed and worship, it says, and then King David danced before the Lord with all his might, leaping and whirling about. And you guys would like have me run off if I was up here doing that. Not really. You probably would. Not after this message, you wouldn't. But it was misunderstood. His wife, Michael, saw him. And when he got home, she let him know how inappropriate it was for a king to be doing that, to be acting that way. And David's response to her was, it was before the Lord who has appointed me and blessed me. And I will be even more undignified than that because of the Lord. You see, worship, praise, it was not in a way that was acceptable to Michael, certainly acceptable to God. And, and we, we come to passages like, like Psalm 100. And Psalm 100 is a, in fact, it, it's titled a, a Psalm of Thanksgiving. And you know, you, and you may see that it, a, 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 a psalm of praise, thanksgiving, or praise, oftentimes just used interchangeably in Scripture. But you know, those titles, those weren't something that was added. That was part of the psalm that was written. 116 of our psalms have those titles. And we don't know who wrote Psalm 100, but it is called the Psalm of Thanksgiving. You know, as I was as I was reading about the Psalms this this weekend, I I read a uh, I come a uh, I have a big book that Brother Fred gave me that just called the Psalms, and and I was kind of looking through it, and and it, I came across this description of the Book of Psalms. It said that in Hebrew it was just called praises, what we call the Book of Psalms. And, and, and the author had, had written this. He, he said, Through the ages, the Psalms have retained their original primary purpose to engender the proper praise and worship of God. So the, the Psalms, as we know them and as we read them and as we look at them, they, they show us how to praise and worship God. And uh, so I want to read Psalm 100 to you, and then I want to come back and talk about it just a little bit. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Every translation significantly different when it comes to this psalm. But it says, Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. 
Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness is to all generations. You know, the the structure of that psalm is in stanzas. It's probably the way it's written even in your Bible. Stanza 1 is is verses uh, 1 through 3, and then stanza 2 or verses 4 and 5 or 4 through 6. I don't remember exactly how many verses there were. <clears throat> but in, but in, in each stanza, there is, a, there is a call to praise and thanksgiving. Maybe even, we might even call it a command. Imperatives. A command to to praise and thanksgiving. And then following the command, there is, there is a reason to do it. So in essence, there is a verse or group of verses on what to do, and then there is a group of verses on, on why. Why to do it. And, and as, as we split, split those apart, verses 1 through 3, 1 through 3, Um, say this, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful singing. Three, three things. Shout joyfully to the war, to the, to the Lord. The, The word shout literally means to split the ear aloud. Okay. I have, I have in my study what is called an interlinear Bible. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that, know what that is. But basically what it is, is it's a Bible that, that, the, that the text is written out in Hebrew or Greek, whichever it was originally written in. And then it's got little English words right over the thing, which is how that Hebrew word or whatever it is is translated. And it's really weird to read because the order of the Hebrew is not the same as what we read in our English Bibles, right? But but this but this phrase, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth in in my in my interlinear Bible said this, ye lands or ye earth all unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise of praise. I like that. Make a joyful noise of praise. Lord, can I get a hallelujah? Amen. Amen. It's, it's, it's loud. It's joyful. It is praising. The, uh, the, the second part of that, says, serve the Lord with gladness. My interlinear Bible said this, with gladness or glee, the Lord serve. Serve is to work. So we've got worship, we have praise, we have thanksgiving, we have, we have work. With gladness, work. And then the last one, Come before him with joyful singing. My uh, my interlinear Bible said, with singing 
one of the one of the definitions that I saw of singing was triumphing. I didn't even know that was a word, but I like it. Triumphing with singing before his presence come. You know, I thought about Hebrews chapter 4, you know, verse 14 through 16 where the writer of Hebrews, speaking of Jesus, says, seeing then that we have a high priest, a great high priest, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This, this song, exuberation, has filled the psalmist's heart. And he is full of joy and gladness and loudness as he rejoices and, and praises God. Now, I know I am, uh, in fact, I am, I am sure that we can't always be that way in the presence of God. We live in a fallen world. We, I mean, just this week, had funeral. There's sadness. There's uh, disease, sickness. There is um, disappointment. There is political uneasiness and things that we we don't go we don't agree with. There is conflicts in relationships of people that we love. These are all things that this week, right? This week I've experienced. That I've I've prayed for people. So, so as I come to Psalm 100 and, and, and we read, shout for joy, sing praises to God with glee and happiness, I just, I, I recognize that uh, I'm not there all the time. Not there all the time. And, and perhaps that's, you find yourself there. Now, you know, one of the one of the commentaries that uh, that I read um, said uh, said this. It said that 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 we we do not always. I don't know where it's at now. Uh, we we cannot always sing, but we should not always sigh. That there, that there are going to be times when, just because of our humanity, those are the ways that we feel. I believe that one day when we're in heaven, there's going to be way more shouting than what we're used to. It's going to be way louder than you Baptists like. Right? But, but there are, so there are times when we are, 
when we are quiet and reflective or, or perhaps even sad. But, but there are also times when, when reflecting on some of just these truths of God that we're going to listen to. That the joy of the Lord and gladness and singing rises in our hearts. You know, at Promise Keepers, we used to sing a song called Let Faith Arise. Let Faith Arise. And it's, it was that kind of a song. It was a, it was a song that, you know, that just crescendos and prays to God until pretty soon we had stadiums full of men sing, singing it. It was wonderful. And then the next three verses... As we, as, we, as we think about um, shouting joyfully to the Lord, serving the Lord with gladness, come before Him with singing. That's, that's how we come. Now, now the why should we do that? And it's in, it begins in uh, uh, verse 3. And it says, Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who has made us. Not we ourselves, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And as we, as, we think, as we think about that a little bit, you know, knowing that the Lord himself is God, to know is, the, that he, is a Hebrew word, yada, and it's, it's not to know just because you've been taught, but it is to know because you have, you have experienced it or you have observed it. In your own life. Because you see, real knowledge doesn't just come from, from me preaching it to you, but by, but by you experiencing it and knowing it for yourself. And he says, know that the Lord himself is God. The Lord, Yahweh. You know, as the psalmist is writing to his audience and to us, that word would have conjured up thoughts of a covenant-keeping God. The personal God, who is the only true God. This God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He then adds, it is He who has made us and not we ourselves. The, uh, the NIV the New International Version says it like this. It is He who has made us. We are His. We are His. You know, I'm reminded of Psalm 139. It says, You've, You formed me. The psalmist is reflecting on, on God and the creating ability of God. And he says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb, and I will praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God." How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. God says, I made you. I created you. How precious are my thoughts of you. 
Not only did He create you, but He also bought you. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. And that price, that price was the, the blood of Jesus. You see, to be His, it is He who made us. We are His. To, to be His is good news. <laughs> you know, if you have believed and trusted in Christ, then His blood has brought you out of sin and given you the, the promise of eternal life. To be His is, is good, and it's a reason to praise. And then He says, we are the people and the sheep of His pasture. He made us. He bought us. We are His people, the people of God the sheep of his pasture pictures God as as a shepherd right when you think about a shepherd when I think about a shepherd I think about a uh, protector a provider a leader one who watches over me I think about <laughs> this is strange I think about the movie Ice Age uh, there's a time in, in that film where, I don't remember who it is, uh, they find this little baby. Right? You guys remember the movie? They find this little baby, this little human baby. They're animals, right? We've got a woolly mammoth, we've got a saber-toothed tiger, and we got Sid the Sloth. I don't remember who else, but those are the three main characters. They find this little human baby, a little bitty guy. <laughs> And they, and they pick him up and they look at him and it's like, what in the world? I mean, look how soft he is. He doesn't have any fangs or teeth or fur. And he can't run fast. He can't, he can't do nothing. He's helpless. And you know, the older I get, the more I think of myself that way. I need... A shepherd. I need a shepherd. And not, not only are, does he own the sheep, that we are his sheep. Also, look what it says. It says that we are the sheep of his pasture. He not only owns the sheep, but he owns the pasture. He is aware of, of everything you are going through. There's not an environment that He has not led you into with love and care and watchfulness and protection. He not only is the shepherd of the sheep, but He also owns the pasture. Shout joyfully to the Lord. Serve Him with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Because we know that He is God. He made us. We are His people. The sheep of His pasture. The second stanza in Psalm 100 begins in, in verse 4. And again, it is the what to do and why to do it. 
And it says this. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generation. The what to do? Enter. Enter. Enter his gates with thanksgivings. Enter his courts with praise. The, the Hebrew word that is written there for, for enter means to come and go. But you know what? It also means to abide. So, so it is not just a come and go out of the presence. And you know, in the, the, the gates and the, and the courts, in, in my mind, I mean, the, the, the people that, you know, or the experts say that it's references to the temple, right? Because in the, in the temple, you know, there were different areas of the temple, right? Gentiles were not even really allowed in the temple. Jewish men were allowed in the temple and kind of in the outside and around the outskirts of it. Jewish priests were allowed a little further inside the temple where their sacrifices were made and where the, the cleansing bowls were and priests could go in there. And then there was a holy place, that, that, uh, that the high priest was, could go into. And then there was the most holy place. And it's where the presence of God was. And only the high priest could go in there one time a year. After specific sacrifices, after specific cleansing. I've heard that they tied a scarlet rope on his leg before he went in in case he was with had sin in his life as he went into the presence of God and died, they could drag him out without having to go in. And we are invited to come and to enter and to dwell in the presence of God. When Jesus was crucified, the Bible tells us that that veil that separated that holy place was torn in two from top to bottom. God openly declaring, you my people, come to me. Enter into my presence. The psalmist writes about that. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Bless his name. The word bless is the Hebrew word barak, B-A-R-A-K, and it means to, to kneel. And the implication is that we bless God as an act of, of adoration and kneeling and worship. So it's a different kind of seen than the shouting that we saw in the in the in verses one through three but it is a it is an adoring of this God that we belong to that has invited us to enter into his presence and he says bless the Lord Bless His name. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. That's the what. Now the why. 
for the Lord's good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Verse 5. First, the why. He is God. He is creator. He owns us. Stresses the authority and the power of God. The next why underlines why that authority and power and ownership that belongs to our God is good news for us. It is because He is good. And He is loving. And He is faithful. And these qualities last forever. So He says, give thanks. You know, in Romans chapter 5, Paul, Paul writes of the, the sacrifice of Christ. And he said, for while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received reconciliation. The ultimate reason that we are thankful, that we praise, that we worship is because we have been reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus. That's why we sing. That's why we praise Him. That's why we offer Him our everything. Didn't we just sing that or is that just stuck in my head? We did, okay. I've been singing that all morning. I guess I must have read it in a bulletin or something. That's why we praise Him. That's why we sing. That's why we offer Him our everything. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U at A-T-T dot net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week. Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma, and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U, at A-T-T dot net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, 
visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week. Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma, and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. Hi, friends. Welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma, and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U, at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you, and we hope you have a blessed week. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U, at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U, at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.